Welcome to Riches in Christ Radio Ministry with Diane Kennedy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's lesson. We'll give you information on how you can acquire this week's tape, along with information about our weekly meetings and website. Now, here's Diane Kennedy. This week we're continuing our discussion of the importance of knowing the hope that comes to us through God's call. God has called or invited each of us to become his sons and daughters through faith in Christ. And when we answer that call and bow our knee to the Lord Jesus Christ, we're delivered from the penalty and power of sin, and a process of transformation begins that will ultimately make us holy, righteous sons and daughters of God in every part of our being, fully glorifying to God, like Jesus in character and power, holiness and love. And knowledge of that call and what that call gives you, gives you hope for the future. You have a future beyond this life. We live in a world that has been damaged by sin. This life is hard. Many of our hopes and dreams aren't realized. Many of us experience loss in this life, sometimes big loss. Um, we experience injustice. Many of our talents and abilities go unutilized because of the circumstances of life in the sin-cursed earth. If all there was to life was just the 70 to 80 years we live on this earth, it wouldn't be worth it. But there's a life after this life. God is, the Lord Jesus Christ, is coming back to this earth whole lessons for other days. But one of the things that will happen in connection with the second coming of Jesus is this earth is going to be renovated. See, God made this earth to be the home for himself and his family. It's been damaged by sin, but God will ultimately reclaim it, and the very atoms and molecules that make up this world will be loosed from sin, corruption, and death, and it'll become a fit forever home once again for God and his family. And we will return with the Lord from heaven, be reunited with our original body, raised from the dead, and made new. By that I mean it's your body, but it's made immortal and incorruptible, beyond the touch of sickness, corruption, and death, and will live the life we were always intended to live. Those are whole lessons for another day. But our purpose in right now, in this part of the series, is to show how knowledge of God's call in the past before he formed the earth he knew you and he chose you for this marvelous plan how knowledge of what he did in the past called you to this and knowledge of what's ahead in the future the complete realization of God's plan and purpose for you the knowledge of the past and the future can give you hope in the present which will energize your faith to deal with the hardships of life and we've been looking at the Apostle Paul, how he experienced a very difficult life, but yet he was able to declare, none of the challenges of life separate me from the love of God, which was demonstrated through the cross of Christ, and I know that I'm more than a conqueror in all these things. He knew that God's purpose right now is not to stop all the trouble of life, so when you read his story in the book of Acts 
and the many epistles he wrote, you don't see any hint of him wrestling with, why did this happen? Is God upset with me? He must not love me anymore. What's he trying to say to me or teach me? What door did I leave open to Satan? Maybe I've got a generational curse I've got to deal with. He understood the parameters of life in a fallen world, but he knew through God he's more than a conqueror. And he had wisdom. He understood that he was authorized to utilize the power of God and change certain circumstances. He also knew some circumstances could be avoided, and he also knew that others he just simply had to go through by the grace of God. Now, it's Friday already. Let me give you a couple examples of that, and and we'll bring this week to a good stopping-off point. When we read Paul's story, we see him dealing with life's hardships in wisdom, confidence, power, and victory. In Acts chapter 28, perhaps you remember that, um, he was on board a ship being taken as a prisoner to Rome, and uh, the ship encountered a huge storm. It, it, it was destroyed by the storm, and the occupants of the ship were shipwrecked, and they ended up on the island of Melita, and uh, the islanders were very kind to them. A fire was built to warm them, and they received food and clothing. Well, Paul was gathering wood to throw into a fire, and he was bitten by a poisonous snake. Now, Acts chapter 1, verse, verses 1 through 6, I'm not going to read the whole passage in the interest of time here, but Paul shook it off with no harm done. Well, he did that because he knew he was authorized as a son of God to do that. Jesus had told his followers in Luke ten nineteen, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. He had told them before he returned to heaven in what we call the Great Commission that if a, if a deadly serpent bites you, it won't harm you. So he shook it off, no harm done. Now, the islanders, when they saw him get bit by this snake, it was extremely poisonous, and they were expecting him within a very short time to show symptoms of the bite, to swell up and fall over and literally die in front of them. And they began to say, well, this guy, he must be a murderer. And he thought he escaped justice because he survived the shipwreck, but now justice has caught up with him. He's been bitten by this snake, and he's going to die. Now, stop and think about it for a moment. The islander said this. He heard it. Well, Paul actually was a murderer. He was consenting to the death of Stephen, the first martyr, and the book of Acts tells us that before his conversion, he was responsible for throwing many Christians into jail and sending them to death. Well, what's going on here? He's in a situation where he's author he knows he's authorized to shake off the snake with no harm done, and here comes that voice of condemnation. You're a murderer. You're a murderer. That's why this has happened. It came through the islanders, but you know that voice. You've heard it. Well, he wasn't moved by that because Paul looked at his past in terms of the big picture. He knew he was chosen by God for his family in eternity past. Before Paul ever existed, God chose him. And God knew a perfect Paul in Adam. Adam, 
If if Paul could cha- uh, trace his genealogy, he goes all the way back to Adam. He was in Adam potentially before sin, when God declared Adam and man in Adam to be very good. God knew a perfect Paul in Adam, and even though he went into the pig pen of sin, corruption, and death, God sought him out and paid the price for his sin to wipe it out and transform him into a holy, righteous son of God. And Paul knew that, so there's not a smidgen of doubt. Maybe God let this happen because I was in on killing Stephen, the first martyr. Nope, he knew his place in God's purpose and what God in his love had done for him, and it made him a conqueror in that circumstance. Now, in Second corinthians chapter 12 verses 7 through 9 we find that paul was harassed by a messenger of satan now the messenger of satan let me read here verses 7 through 9 and lest i should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of satan to buffet me lest i should be exalted above measure now the thorn in the flesh was not a disease it was a being from the devil Paul says so right here. I was given a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan. Messenger there is the Greek word that's translated angel, a being. It's never used to mean a disease or a trial or anything like that. It's always an angel. It can be a holy angel of God or it can be a fallen angel, what the Bible calls a devil or what we call a demon. Lest I should be exalted above measure, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, Paul, we, we could do a whole lesson on this, but Paul was being harassed by this messenger of Satan, a being who tried to stop Paul's preaching. If you read the book of Acts, everywhere Paul went, trouble broke out. Men came along who harassed him, persecuted him, lied about him. Sometimes riots broke out. He got beaten up. Uh, he actually got stoned to death at one point, but the Lord raised him up. Well, here the, Paul says, I asked the Lord to remove this thorn. And God said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, people sometimes misapply this to say that the Lord refused to heal Paul. Well, Paul wasn't sick. So that's not what's happening here. Paul was asking God to do something he has not promised to do in this life, namely stop the devil's activities. In connection with the return of Jesus Christ to this earth, the devil will be removed from this earth, but not until then. God has not promised to stop the devil's activities. Now, he's authorized us to deal with certain things in our own life, like Paul did with the snake when he cast it off and was unharmed by it and see right here the Lord gave God answered Paul's prayer he gave him what he needed he gave him wisdom and direction he said my grace is more than enough to enable you to deal with what comes your way at the hands of this being I'm enough to deal with my grace in you is enough to deal with whatever this devil stirs up Paul got the message and he went on to boldly proclaim most gladly therefore will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me Paul is saying God's strength in me makes me strong he's the same one who wrote I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me including deal with this messenger of Satan See, notice that Paul's first instinct in these circumstances was to ask his father for help. Lord, God, help me. 
take this thing away. Well, God helped him. He said, Paul, you're asking for something I haven't promised to do, but here's what I have promised. My grace in you is enough to deal with this. My grace is sufficient strength to deal with this. Paul's first response was, Father, help me. No wondering about why is God allowing this? Doesn't he love me? Maybe I left the door open. We go through all these gyrations because we don't understand the purpose to which we've been called and the provision God has made for us. Now, Paul was finally executed for his faith in Christ, but shortly before he died, he wrote his son in the faith, Timothy, and reminded him, hey, God delivered me out of persecutions. And we're going to have persecutions in this world because that's just the nature of life in a sin-cursed earth. But God will get us through until he gets us out. And even when he was facing death, his testimony was, God will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. Paul's knowledge of his past in Christ before the world began and his knowledge of his future gave him confidence in the present. More next week. You have been listening to Diane Kennedy of Riches in Christ. To order this week's teaching on CD, be ready for our number coming up soon. Diane teaches locally every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. near Highway 44 in Jameson at 4720 Jameson. Praise and worship is provided by Mercy's Child before each lesson. Riches in Christ provides a website at www.richesinchrist.com where you can listen to this week's radio lesson, download years of teachings and outlines, sign up for free weekly outlines, and order Diane's book, God is Good and Good Means Good. Friends, knowing that God is good is the single most important thing to stand on when trouble hits. If you think the trouble comes from or is allowed by God, then you need this book. For information or to order this week's lesson on CD, call us at 1-888-739-6619. Please mention today's date. Our number again is 1-888-739-6619.